Hey, everybody, it's Kristen. Welcome to my podcast. I think this is going to be a really noisy podcast. It's so windy outside today, and it's probably going to be this windy for the rest of the summer. Uh, so yeah, the wind is going to be knocking a lot of things over, and you might hear them in the background, uh, but there's nothing really I can do about that. I did find a solution for my overheating problem because it's really hot in here. So I have a wet towel over my legs right now and I am cool as a cucumber. No sweat, no awkward glow on my skin, no, no drops of, <laughs> of sweat coming everywhere from my body. I'm, in, I'm, I'm good. I am wearing this super cute thrifted top. It's got like, what is it? beads i don't know i always forget what you call these but it's pretty cute and uh before i get into this video let's talk about the sponsor for today which is moi i'm sponsoring myself beach <laughs> um so i you might already know but i have an etsy and a depop shop where you can go and find thrifted and vintage items so depop is for the more low budget items that are simply secondhand, not really vintage, um, not at all vintage. And then there's Etsy, which is exclusively vintage, high quality pieces. So I decided to create two different shops, the low budget and the high budget shop, so that you can choose whichever one suits you because I was getting a lot of people complaining that my stuff on Depop was too expensive and I was like no just some stuff on Depop is a little bit pricier and the price is made to match the value of the items um and yeah that's pretty much it so if you want vintage vintage if you are looking for cool vintage finds you can go to Etsy and if you're looking for more contemporary affordable fashion you can go to depop and everything is second hand i've thrifted it personally it's all stuff that i like that is my style that i choose i don't really buy anything that i don't find beautiful so yeah it's handpicked by me and every purchase helps support this video my podcasts all of my other videos and this channel in general so yeah, that's my little plug of myself, and let's get into the future. Any one of you that kind of has anxiety is probably like, oh, let's maybe not talk about the future. I am gonna make an effort to not um, fear monger anyone. I'm gonna make an effort to just be as chill about it as I can, even though you probably already know that I am obviously worried about the future. My channel is all about doing the best we can to kind of reverse the future that is that we're heading into. Um, so yeah, I'm really, really fascinated in what the future is going to be. And also because just things are progressing just so much more rapidly. Um, like, I, oh, there's so much banging happening in the background. I'm sorry if that's being distracting. Um, but yeah, like I know the my grandmother, for example, she experienced life that was um, completely like off grid, zero waste. I mean, oh, hi, Gigi. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically she got to experience the uh, arrival of uh, globalism 
and she got to see so many changes happening from like not really having roads, not really not having any electricity, you know, they didn't have fridges <laughs> when my grandmother was little. They had schools, they had their own their olive trees. My my great-grandfather would pay stuff with olive oil. So my grandmother saw that world shift into the world that we're in today. So the the change in the world that my grandmother experienced is so rapid and then my parents experienced an even rapider and even faster development in the world around us and I do believe that we us the younger generation are going to witness a lot of changes happening and some of them are going to be good some of them are going to be not that good I mean Considering the weather right now, I am I am a little bit concerned about what the future is gonna be like uh, in regards to climate change, especially here in Greece. <laughs> like I, I don't know, I've read a lot of stuff like we're gonna turn into like either a semi-tropical climate, which I'm not hating, or a more desert climate, which I'm not excited about <laughs> at all. I've lived in the desert. I lived nine months in Dubai. And I'm sorry if you're from there, just the desert is just not my type of environment. It's not very uh, friendly towards humans. It's not enjoyable to walk outside when you live in the desert. Just a walk from my hotel to the supermarket of like, which was like three blocks. It was an odyssey to get there. Just the heat makes everything so insufferable. And uh, yeah, there's things that I've heard about here in Greece, like a rise in forest fires. So yeah, I think the desert is a more likelier scenario and I'm not excited about it. I'm not excited about it at all. But yeah, let's get a little more specific because I'm being super vague right now. Did I scare you, Gigi? I'm so sorry. Okay, so um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of mention as well, like the whole being anxious about the future, being really worried about the future, there is really no point in doing that. Unless your anxiety, you manifest it into actions that help you uh, prevent that future from happening or actions that help you protect yourself from the future that's happening. If you're just gonna simply sit around and be super anxious about it, you're not doing yourself any favors. I, um, I don't know, I, I, I feel like in the beginning I was very anxious about the future, especially after I read the book The Uninhabitable Earth by David Wallace Wells. What a fantastic book. Um, definitely very terrifying. <laughs> if you do have anxiety, I would not recommend you listen or read that book because, oh boy, oh boy, it made me freak out. Um, but. I think it's necessary also to be realistic about what the future is going to look like, not sugarcoat things, not pander to what we want the future to be like, and, and kind of accept the kind of future that we are creating for ourselves. And once we accept it, we're going to start doing something to change it. I don't have a cold, but my allergies are a little bit heightened, so I'm trying to stay hydrated so that I'm not coughing throughout the entire podcast. Um, but yeah, like I said, anxiety is not anything that is going to do you any justice. It's not going to help you with anything. 
the approach that I have is a very nihilistic one. So I kind of told myself like, <laughs> um, I know a lot of people look at nihilism in a very negative way, but it honestly, it helps me a lot. And it's helped me to the point where I rarely get anxiety anymore. And I used to get so much anxiety. I used to get panic attacks um, and sometimes for no reason. Like I had a lot of issues with dealing with stress and nihilism helped me so much with becoming just a more chill and calm and just happier person, obviously, because if you're not stressed, you are also happier. Um, so yeah, I just thought, you know what? none of this matters. If you look at the universe and how huge it is, like I feel so insignificant. My life doesn't matter. My past, my future, my present, nothing matters. Um, we're all eventually gonna die anyways. <laughs> um, I don't say nothing matters as an excuse to not do anything. I never use it in that way. I just use it as a tool to kind of make things that seem so huge a lot smaller. So like, let's let's say we don't reverse climate change and our entire species gets eliminated. I mean, is it really such a big deal for a civilization living in another planet? There's possibly a lot of other civilizations just like ours that are all dying at the same time and <laughs> exterminating themselves through climate change or through any other way. And we're not concerned about that. Like no one is concerned about anything once they're dead, like you're dead. You're just in the same state that you were before you were born, which is just nothing. And nothing isn't that bad. Nothing isn't that terrifying. Nothing is nothing. Um, I don't know if I'm making you more scared now <laughs> or less, but just this is my philosophy on life. Just nothing matters, really. So all the things that are so huge and terrifying, they are ultimately insignificant. Um, I didn't do a very good job wording it in a way that would probably make you feel better. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I'm not really... Uh, I don't really talk about spirituality. I don't, I'm, this is not like my expertise, but this is just kind of my philosophy on life. So let's talk about more specific stuff because I've been rambling for quite a while now and not said anything uh, meaningful about the future. So I listened to uh, this book called Us Versus Them. I listened to it on Blinkist. They were a sponsor of a previous video. If you uh, don't know about them, check them out. They're not sponsoring this, but I, I'm obsessed with them. But anyways, uh, so I didn't read the entire book. I read a sum I listened to a summary of it on Blinkist, which was pretty good. I mean, I'm very interested in that book. Maybe I'll read the entire thing or listen to the entire thing at some point. Uh, but basically in that book, it covers uh, things about the future like automation, uh, the income inequality that we're facing now and how it will shape the future and the social divide that we're also facing right now, kind of how people are very divided and um, nationalism is rising and just a lot of different opinions are being formed to the point where we're just very divided socially right now and more than we've been in a really long time. And it kind of discussed how that will shape the future. A few interesting points about the world we are living in now and how it's going to shape the future. 
Um, something that you've probably heard before is that 64% of the poorest people on earth own less than 2% of the world's global wealth. While the 1% richest own 45% of global wealth. And another interesting fact is that this inequality is pretty stagnant. I mean, I've found certain reports that say it's growing, certain reports that are saying it's not changing at all. So I don't want to sit here and, you know, talk about things that are not facts as, as if they were, but even the best case scenario that inequality is stagnant, that's a pretty bad scenario. Um, and if we continue into the future with inequality remaining stagnant and with the richest 1% having this much money um, and that not really being distributed equally or a little more equally at least, er, things are not going to be looking really well for the, for the future. With inequality remaining stagnant and not improving, Inequality in general, financial inequality, leads to more extremist, uh, rise in extremism, rise in nationalism, rise in violence, in crime. I mean, we really don't want this to continue happening, so action really needs to be taken to um, fix income inequality and redistribute wealth in a much fairer way. I, I do think, though, that change never came from the majority of people kind of rising up. It, change can come from a small number of people that are really passionate about bringing change and improving the world. And the opposite, change can come from a small amount of people that are passionate about fucking everything over for their own financial gain. So that's one thing that is kind of a silver lining here, that we can fix income inequality even if we're not a huge number of people that are passionate about this. And I personally believe that um, financial inequality is a very important thing that needs to be fixed if we do want to move into a fairer future and a better future. Some of the ways that I've personally observed could fix the whole income inequality thing is to not support those that have the 1% basically. So how can we do that? Through not supporting companies that are multinational conglomerates. So basically any brand that you have heard of is possibly a multinational conglomerate. They're making billions every year and it's best to not support them if we have the option to not do that and I know a lot of people in the comments um, might mention like yeah but this isn't something that a lot of people are able to do people living in poverty uh, sometimes only have access to products that are um, supplied by multinational conglomerates I mean I've made a video about one of them Unilever um, and there's multiple other brands like that, like P&G and um, Nestle, Coca-Cola, and many more. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's necessary for us to um, find solutions that 100% of the population can do. And this goes for anything. Um, I think that if 
the middle class is able to do something, that's great. We don't need everyone to struggle to take part in this movement of not supporting multinational conglomerates. Same thing goes for veganism. Like, um, there are people living in food deserts, there are people that uh, have certain disabilities, um, health issues, or whatever, that cannot partake in being 100% vegan. That doesn't mean that veganism is cancelled because not everyone can do it. That just means that if you can do it, you should probably take part in it if you don't have serious excuses to not take part in it, uh, considering how important it is to protect our environment. Meat and dairy is basically one of the top contributors to climate change and environmental destruction in general and pollution. So just like with veganism, uh, same thing goes with political action, like boycotting multinational corporations. If we uh, look at our what we can personally do, that's enough. We can't expect from for from everyone to be able to take part in a movement. And just because everyone isn't capable of taking part in a movement, it doesn't mean that that movement is canceled. Okay, let's close this chapter and let's talk about something else in the future, which is automation and robots and how they're taking their germs. <laughs> that's, that's a South Park meme. Um, so uh, I find this really, really fascinating. Uh, with AI and robots and one thing that I I heard in this book uh, us versus them was the fact that Automation isn't really replenishing back enough jobs as it's taking so robots are taking our jobs and the jobs being created um, Are not really as many as the jobs being lost because of robots <laughs> so robots is anything from automation sorry i just shouted uh but yeah robots are anything like automation machines that's all that is included and the more that they get included into our lives the less human jobs exist and i think one thing that we are definitely gonna see in our generation in the future is uh, driverless cars. So that means a lot of jobs in the driving sector from trucks and taxis and buses and Ubers, all of that is going to be driverless possibly in the future without even a person monitoring the the steering wheel or with a person monitoring it but being paid a lot less because they don't really require as many skills as a driver would require. What I find fascinating about that is that basically what's happening with capitalism is that we are building machines to make our lives more comfortable, but through this action, we are losing more and more jobs um, and then when we don't have jobs, when unemployment increases, that means less financial ability to buy things that make your life easier. So it's such a vicious cycle that is only going to be growing even more in the future and is going to be exacerbated in the future. And that's going to be really interesting to see how that's going to be solved because I really don't think that with the current state of capitalism the way it is now, we'll be able to really um, escape a disastrous 
financial future for us. Um, and that's like a little tiny part of capitalism that is a problem. There's a lot of things that capitalism is going to create, um, a lot of other issues that capitalism is going to create in the future. Uh, but let's talk about this, because if unemployment keeps rising, that means that um, income inequality is going to get even worse. Uh, unemployment's going to get even worse. And without kind of... Um, a system in place to protect the people that are not able to to find jobs because those jobs simply will not exist. There's, I mean, things are not going to look good. We're going to see again another increase in nationalism, an increase in hate crimes, an increase in terrorism and violence and. That is just not a future that I'm personally um, excited about. Capitalism is an issue, and also individualism is another issue. Uh, there's a lot of people that have... This is something that I discussed as well in my video, in the podcast video called Money, and how people have this notion that if you want to make it, you can make it. You have, we all have the opportunity to make it and to become successful. And as long as there are jobs under a capitalist system, you have the opportunity to not starve if you find a job. The problem is the more automation uh, takes away jobs, the less opportunity there is for a larger number of people to really be able to not starve and earn an income. Um, so when jobs simply do not exist, what excuse do we come up with then to blame everything on people living in poverty? And also with the idea that population, human population will be rising at the same time when jobs will be declining, it will be really hard to ignore that as a fact. And under a capitalist society, that's very destructive because people are not earning money. This is something that we saw here in Greece. I think youth unemployment rose to either 30 or 60%. I don't know, but it was like a crazy number. I think it was 30 something percent. And when, you know, one third of your population cannot get a job because jobs simply don't exist, this is what happened here in Greece. Jobs stopped existing. Multiple businesses went out of business and because people weren't earning money, they weren't spending money and it's just a vicious cycle that it's really hard to get out of. And that's what capitalism is. It's just like a snake that kind of eats itself <laughs> and it, it doesn't really make that much sense. Um, so I think it will be necessary for us to build more socialist societies in order to overcome the fact that just jobs really won't exist that much in the future. A few other consequences of capitalism. Let's get into that. So capitalism is basically the maximization of profit and so and also the production of goods in order to create profit. So um, just constant production, constant consumption in order to create constant um, accumulation of profit and wealth. So from the moment that um, 
we live on a planet with finite resources. We can't really uh, keep doing this whole capitalist thing without it at some point collapsing, which we are leading now to this collapse, not you know, immediately, not tomorrow. If we continue on this trajectory of exploiting our natural resources and creating as much waste as we are, at some point, our natural resources will be depleted. And because we are not renewing uh, the waste that we are creating, we're not recycling it or upcycling it, we're just slowly running out of um, resources. And that is at some point gonna be detrimental to our society. We're already seeing what's happening with environmental pollution, constantly producing things and constantly consuming is is a big factor into the environmental crisis that we're in right now. And not only with climate change, but also with the fact that all these factories producing all these things are, produ are uh, polluting our natural resources from earth, uh, from the earth to water. Um, uh, oh my God, I can't speak. I've been talking for way too long, but like rivers, oceans, seas are getting polluted because of our overproduction of goods. I need to uh, undepress this conversation. <laughs> but basically, yeah, we can't keep producing as much as we are and throwing away as much as we are. And another thing that we're seeing is that um, uh, Shelby, uh, I'll link her channel below. She talked about this in one of her videos. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but the companies that are producing goods, like let's let's give a blender for an example. That blender is built to last one year and then break down so that you can go and buy another blender. And that goes for just so many um, technological items. They're specifically built to break down at exactly the point where your guarantee has expired for it. And that is just a little tiny part of capitalism that's just a huge problem. In an ideal world, we would be producing items that are built to last as long as possible, not to break down as soon as possible so that you can go and buy more. Because under capitalism, it's not the product that's valuable, it's the money that is given for the product. I think that um, a better future is something that we're gonna see either through more countries embracing more socialist values or through just, um, I don't know if it's possible to keep capitalism and really make it uh, and, and survive, but if we were to keep capitalism, it would have to be extremely regulated with way stricter ethical policies put in, in, in place to protect the environment and workers and um, all that stuff. But yeah, I don't, I don't really know which one is, is gonna happen, um, but I honestly, I'm really optimistic about the future, which is surprising <laughs> regarding what I've been talking about this entire time, but I actually am, and I think that we are gonna make it through this kind of pit of despair that we're <laughs> that we're facing right now which is like there's a lot of things that we need to tackle a lot of problems that we need to solve because like what we have 12 years 
to reduce our emissions to zero, something like that. I'm, I'm actually really optimistic about it. I don't think that it's going to take a, the majority of the population to kind of fight against this and fix it. I think like a small number of people is going to be really, really, um, what is it, passionate about bringing change, about improving things, and they're going to get into politics, they're going to get into law, and they're going to start reforming things, and and we're actually going to make it. This is, this is my opinion. Uh, this is kind of how I feel about it, even though I should realistically be very pessimistic about the future. I feel like we're going to figure it out, and there's uh, there's like Greta Thunberg right now. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. And then Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. And these women are so inspiring and, you know, in completely different continents. But there is like just this passion in them to change the world and make it better. And they're only the beginning. I think there's a lot more people that are going to come out of this just screaming and kicking to fix this mess that previous generations created and I, I don't think that more people are going to come to do that. I know that more people are going to rise up and start voicing their concerns and using their abilities and their brains and their skills to really improve the world around us. Us, the people that are concerned about the future, we are so much more passionate about it than the people that are saying climate change isn't real, people that are like kind of pro-capitalism, people that are just not really interested in improving the future, they're not passionate about this. We are passionate and always the people that are more passionate about something are the ones that really bring change because they're the ones that put 100% of themselves into achieving a goal. So if we are truly passionate about improving the future, I think we're going to actually achieve that. And I think a lot of you watching this video now are actually in either in professions or studying to get into professions that are going to bring radical change and just stay passionate and just don't let anything stop you because if you don't let anything stop you then at some point something will not stop you and you will get to where you want to be does that make any sense <laughs> like as many times as you fail one time you're gonna succeed and that's all it takes. It just takes one win for each and every one of us to really get to where we want to get. And I do think I'm super passionate about this. And I know from your comments that so many of you are as well. I'm optimistic about it. Don't get anxious about the future. Don't get depressed about it. Just pull up your bootstraps and fight to make the world a better place. And as long as you're passionate about this and you believe that you can achieve it, this is actually something that you can get done. We haven't yet reached the point of no return. So we can always fight a little bit harder and try a little bit harder to make this world a better place. Okay, I am derailing right now. Let me know what your concerns are about the future, how you kind of envision the future being. Let me know how you picture your ideal future. Maybe that could be another video, like how I picture a more ideal future to look like. Was that, is that for my house? <laughs> okay. I have visitors. I gotta go. Thanks for watching. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, comment below, 
and huge thank you to my patrons for supporting this channel and i will see you guys soon bye